Um, Welcome. The red button's already on. I noticed that. I must have accidentally uh, pressed it on my screen. Me, well, me too. And here's the thing. Uh, I want you to know before anything takes place here that I am uniquely unprepared for talking to another person right now. I have, I have nothing going on in my head. I woke up today. My head was empty. I just started doing chores around the house. And my whole morning has been mindless. Dude, I'm glad it's not just me. Okay. I'm on the same page. Uh, no judgments from me or the audience. Uh, assuming there's an audience. That's I, a, shouldn't, a, I shouldn't assume that. Um, hmm. You know what, though? Mm-hmm. I, dude... The reason the reason I'm in a similar situation isn't because I've been, uh, I guess, just in uh, like straightforward work mode all morning. Um, mm-hmm. It's, man, it's because I last night I watched I watched an affecting movie. Uh, one that one that uh, I think ninety percent plus of our generation has seen and has potentially been affected by uh but i'm just now getting around to uh seeing it in my like from my adult perspective it's one of those where you you tell people you haven't seen it and they're like what yeah yeah exactly it's i was 11 years old when it came out uh so when it came out dude Here's the thing I, with movies. Can I tell you be, yeah. before you get into it? I yeah. also watched the beginning of a part of a movie last night that is deeply. Uh, I've already watched it, uh, but it, it deeply affects me. And I, if it's the same movie, I'm going to lose my mind. I, I very, <laughs> I doubt it is. But so continue. I just want to know that we both have these the same cards in our hand. That's fun. Uh, and as I'm as I've probably mentioned before, I. Dude, I freaking hate reviewing movies. That's that's a little weird quirk about me. That so let's go ahead and do it. A movie or a TV show, the way I see it, it should be just a personal experience because everyone sees it a little bit differently. Everyone takes different things from from watching it. Uh, so when people mm. re- review mo- movies or TV shows or like go back and quote TV shows and just laugh their <laughs> laugh their heads off. Dude, I cringe every single time. <laughs> Have you been in somehow like um, on the edge of a friend group in which that is like the primary way to yes. communicate? It's just yes. in movie and show quotes. And hey, like, did that's, you did you see the scene where that guy uh, said he, he was like uh, he was like, well, you better not uh, go go in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not even that though. It's like they they don't they just quote it. They just like. Are you talking to me? <laughs> are you talking? And they just—that's the whole conversation. Is two people doing that? Say, are you talking to me? Yeah, no, why guy? Pass. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> and you get inserted. It's just. Oh my goodness! Especially rec- recently, there have been a lot of movies that that have come out. Uh, well, recently, within the past ten years, that have so many one-liners that people can have entire conversations using those like Anchorman, Step Brothers, yeah. uh, Dodgeball. And they're and funny there are, movies. There but. are people and people within groups of like-minded people that can carry entire conversations or 
okay, not conversations, but they can communicate for a set period of time just gliding with those those one-liners. Yeah. They can, that, and they're willing to. That's the weird part. D- w- uh, for me, uh, <clears throat> personally, did you just open a thing? Uh, I'm sipping on some kombucha. Liqueur? Uh, this is a Diet A&W cream soda. Mm. This is... Um, oh, man, cream soda. I yeah, forgot well, about that. So it's not something... Not something that I bought, but it was in the fridge and it was more accessible. Then the Cre- the Lacroix is relegated to the bottom drawer in our fridge right now. So this was on a shelf, and I said, "Quicker, quicker, quicker, cleaner, picker upper, something like Cre- that." Cream soda is unique, man. That's that's a nice flavor. Yeah. So how we, okay? So how would you describe cream soda? What's the primary? By the way, we will come back to this whole movie thing, but uh, eventually. But uh, to me? <laughs> well, because I, w- I want to talk about this affecting movie eventually. But cream okay. soda, uh, okay. I think vanilla is yeah. present. Uh, I'm glad you said that. That because that is a primary flavor. But now here's here's the big one that. Uh, Okay, what do you think about root beer? What's the primary flavor in root beer? Um, Just first gut, gut feeling. Well, isn't it, I mean, I hate to be too obvious, but isn't it sarsaparilla, the root? That Like, that. that's really the only way that, that's the only flavor that I can pick out is that distinct uh, kind of spicy root flavor. Well, and, and this may all be within the same uh, root genus or plant. Let me okay. I'll just I'll say a word, and I wanna I wanna see what you think about it. Spearmint. Say it again. Spearmint, like Spira? mint. Spearmint, mint, mint. So mint. Mint. Spearmint. <laughs> uh, country of origin, please. <laughs> um. <laughs> Wherever Trident, uh, uh, Wrigley Double Mint Gum. Do you yeah, get a minty see. flavor when you taste root beer? Um, I I see what I I think I see what you mean. Um, but the way I describe it is like spicy. Mm-hmm. And I think those those two go hand in hand. Well, it varies heavily by whatever root beer you are um, you're trying. If you if you're trying a a nice bottle, I get the sarsaparilla feel, but. It's like your your everyday A and W or um, mug root beer. To me, tastes like uh, half mouthwash without alcohol. Really, a little bit. I I don't get that intense of a flavor, but I haven't had it in okay. a while either. Okay, well, I, I guess it's not that intense, and I'm uh, being a little dramatic here. Uh, but hey, dude. Yeah, I, I just wanted to throw that at you. See what you see how you felt. Now, what about cream soda? Do you get uh, any sort of spiciness or mint taste from that? It's just vanilla. Just vanilla. It's. I don't. Kinda, I don't get. I don't. I don't have any. Let me check the ingredients here, though. It's funny how creamy it is, though. It it doesn't like. It's not actually. Uh, what's the word for you can't see through it? Opaque. It's not opaque. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but it tastes it tastes like you're drinking something kind of milky or creamy because of the taste. That's a good observation. I, I are you done? 
<laughs> I just had to blow on this wooden block for a little bit. Uh, I'm not in- entirely sure where to go here, but I'll tell you the first thing that my mind grasped at was uh, that cream soda and train whistles are somehow connected <laughs> within some category of. Do you know what something. category that is? No, what? Cracker oh. Barrel. Cracker Barrel? The restaurant? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I think of Cracker Barrel when I think of both of those things. You're not wrong. I've only been to one Cracker Barrel one time. Same here. So. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> they had some awesome macaroni and cheese. They, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do we really like need a, to be promoting them right now? It's like something with uh, old-timey feel. That's the that's the main topic. Can you there. buy antiques at a Cracker Barrel? Because there's a, there are antiques all over the restaurant and hanging from the rafters, if I remember right. Well, I know they Can have you, one one hell of a gift shop. I'm not they, sure. Well, that's uh, that's got to be like one of their maybe half their revenue. Oh yeah, because I'm sure they sell train whistles there at that gift shop. I'm absolutely. Sure and well, so the thing is, they're they're in the Midwest. Surely they're they're always over capacity, so you have half the people waiting to actually eat, sitting on the rocking and chairs out front. Sitting on the rocking chairs out front, contemplating maybe buying one, but saying oh, I don't know that we can fit it in the SUV because we already went to the outlet mall and we already got uh, blah blah blah. And but anyway, so those people are in the gift shop. God, they have they have this figured out, and it's so smart. They could have just made the whole thing seating for eating mm. and everybody could get in and out fast but instead they converted half of their square footage into a, a gift shop where people are in there like sardines buying things they don't need i came away with a four pack of weird root beers which none of them tasted very good um but my my family on our only visit there we each bought i we each bought things in the gift shop before we ate and I want to say that we. So I, I know I think I made a purchase, and then I we still weren't ready to eat. So then I like found a candy bar that I'd never seen, and I bought that. So it's like it's like you don't even wait to buy everything. You just you find yeah. something and you buy it, and then you keep looking and you find another thing, and then you go buy it. <laughs> <laughs> this is all before you eat. So after you buy it, you take all that stuff to your table and set it like in an awkward place under the table or something. It's, yes, it, it's like it's like a walking around a very a very uh I guess low risk Sky Mall magazine. Yeah. Where you know a candy bar is going to deliver. You don't know if like that ionizing foot odor ball that has a red LED that goes in your shoes is going <laughs> to deliver if you buy that from Sky Mall, but you know that This is this is so difficult. The, you know that that bag of kettle corn is going to do the trick for you. Yeah, God, there's something about all of this and the train whistle and the cream soda that just—it's all within some. <clears throat> oh God, it's all—it's <laughs> all within some category of of Americana that I, I we just can't define right now. Yeah, and the the cool thing about that that whole culture that whole category is. Uh, I think the fact that when you buy something from a gift shop like that, it tastes better. You can like you can taste hmm. the culture in it. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I 
That's that's been my experience. Like, is it a culture or is it a complete lack of culture that you're tasting? Uh, yeah, that could be too. <laughs> but I, I think uh, you're paying for the ambiance that you're receiving from places like the Cracker Barrel, for example. Yeah, there, God, there's just some psychology in it though that like makes you want to buy that stuff. Yeah. Yet, if I was at just my local grocer and I saw the things that I bought at the Cracker Barrel on <laughs> yeah, the shelf, never. I'd be like. Well, that's a specialty item, and I don't want that. Right. I would even take it for free. <laughs> I don't need a five-pound jug of root beer barrel candies. But at the Cracker Barrel, I suddenly do. And I guess half of it is that they sell so much candy and like uh, novelty pop stuff because you're sitting there waiting to eat, and you're hungry. Good point. Hmm. And I think the... Again, it's been a long time since I've been there, but... I think Cracker Barrels, for example, have a distinct smell. Man, I, I'm still, I, I still think there's something uh, that relates to once you're like in the Cracker Barrel world, you're a slightly different person. Well, this because, this, cause you're this in is the that. whole thing. This is the whole thing. There, there's some mental landscape that you're stepping into, and it's the same when you you, you taste that first little sip of cream soda, and it's the. I guess maybe the same when you blow uh, into a train whistle. Yeah. There's something... <laughs> I'm guessing this is only an experience that uh, <laughs> that, that uh, white white people that grew up in predominantly white areas can, <laughs> can sense or would even want to sense. <laughs> but we need, we need to explore this more and we need to... We need to define it a little bit more be- before we talk about it because, man, everything right now is just beyond my grasp when it comes to this. But every time I pass by a Cracker Barrel, it just sort of catches my eye. I'm like, oh, that's just kind of an interesting place. It feels like a converted army camp from the 1800s. Yeah. The- but it also feels like home at the same time. It, yeah, it feels like a place of hmm, deep American experience. But you know, it's it's a manufactured experience. But you, right? Hmm, it's like a historical uh, landmark where you go there and you're like, I should feel something here. And that 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 <laughs> sense so of true that you should feel something there is enough to draw you into it. But once you're there, you're like. That's just a prairie. I can't I can't feel anything. There's Oh man. What Let's is just, it? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just know that it's more than just a restaurant. It's an experience that happens to serve food. Do you feel like the Cracker Barrel is hostile? Toward other, hmm. Do you feel any sort of hostility coming off of it? I don't. I no? I feel nothing but warmth and friendship, <laughs> and acceptance. <laughs> Their branding has worked on you, I guess. I it has. Like I, I feel again. Been a long time, but when I drive by, I uh, I picture uh, walking up to the place and having having some like 
really nice, uh, friendly, smiling employee open the door and say, Hey, welcome to Cracker Barrel. 45-minute wait. <laughs> nice to have you here. But here's the other thing. It's always a 45-minute wait. I've only been there once, but I'm guessing. Um, it's always a 45-minute wait, and they put them just outside of town enough that you're like, mm. well, to drive somewhere else, you know, would take about the same amount of time to get, you know, get there and then maybe wait 10 minutes there. So might as well just stay. Wow. Oh, and look, point. they have the gift shop. and We have something to do to kill time. Yeah, we need a plush barrel <laughs> toy. <laughs> I don't know if they sell it. They've got to sell those. <laughs> stuffed plush. barrel? Stuffed barrel, yeah. A teddy barrel. Should we hmm. stop recording? <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I think, man. Maybe we, we should have started recording like just now. Because <laughs> that w- <laughs> I like that Cracker Barrel analysis, I think. Well, it's, yeah, it is I, unique, though. It's it's a unique place. What was the movie? Okay, let me get back into the movie train of thought. <laughs> so, so um, mind shifting gears. People, some some people have seen this movie as just a fun piece of fiction. Others have seen it as uh, as a metaphor, a very distinct metaphor for uh, how people live their lives and how our uh, society is structured. Oh, don't say Fight Club. Not Fight Club. Don't do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be out on a limb a little bit. Uh, that's a that's a cool movie too, though. It um, is cool, but I think we all all got through that in college, and we all. That's a very, that's a very like high school college. That's a very important movie for young men on the precipice of adulthood. Yeah, there's something that resonates for like a year or two, and then you're like, okay, okay, <laughs> pretty much. So, uh, how else can I describe this movie without just flat out saying the word the name <laughs> flat out it? describing it? Yeah, <laughs> defining. It. Okay. Any guesses? Late 90s. Late 90s. Um, 1999, to be exact. Can, can you name an actor or actress? Oh, man, it would give it away. Uh-oh. Well, maybe this is a movie that I haven't seen. So you, you just watched it. it for the first time Well, last night, or you've seen it before, and this is... Uh, see, here, here's the thing. Here, here's the, uh, the problem. When a movie comes out when I'm 11 years old... I watch it, but I only see what's on the surface. If it's an action movie, I like I'm only taking in uh, exactly what's in front, of, like what's in front of my face, and yeah. not not keeping in mind the the broader story. Right. Right. Uh, I found that to be true uh, for a lot of my, I think a lot of my teenage years watching movies as well. Um, not until like somewhat recently did I start actually paying attention to the full-fledged story uh, maybe when I turned 20 or something like that mm. so anyway I, I have seen it before but last night was the first time I had seen it in my adult life and really paid attention to the story so you watched it before but this is the first time you've really seen it internalized it yeah Yeah. Ooh. Um, there, 
It's a trilogy. Oh my god, this could be it. No way. We might be watching the same <laughs> same shit. <laughs> oh my god. Can okay, can you name Oh my god. I hope it's the same thing. <laughs> this is so weird. I, I because I, I just started we we started watching the second movie in this trilogy last night, but of course the second movie is like three hours long. Um and so I, I, I've bought the uh, theatrical releases of these movies, but I just realized that there are now expanded releases of each movie. And, for example, the first one, I think, is four hours long, the expanded release. But I'm going to buy those. I'm going to buy those and, and make my way through those. Wow. Do these have books accompanying them? Um, oh, my God, it's not the same thing. <laughs> I'm not sure if they do or not. I don't think it's the same one. <laughs> nope. I, I was jumping to conclusions there. Damn. I think your, yours probably has deeper philosophical meaning than, than mine, but... Um, what you got? Where do we go from here? Do I just say it? Yeah, I think so. The Matrix. Oh, my God. Gee... <laughs> What was yours, Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Sorry, I threw my headphones and they got stuck in my chair, so I'm trying to rip them out and I can't hear anything right now. Hey, Bill, okay, you want to take this part out? <laughs> All right. Bill, um, everything from uh, cream soda to <laughs> up to just then. Get it out of there. Okay. Uh, what was yours? <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay, that's what I figured. <laughs> I don't know when that came out, though. <laughs> Shoot. Okay, so, uh, yeah, great movie. And it holds up. Oh, man. Uh, okay, so have you seen the all three of them? Nope. Okay, well, I think maybe the first one is all you need to watch, if I remember right. Because I think I've seen all three, but only the first one had a, a lasting impact. Mm. So what what was your uh, what'd you take away from it this time? Well, it reinforces in a weird way it reinforces some of my beliefs. Um, this uh, this main character has sort of been uh, awakened, you know. That neo guy was sort of awakened again. I freaking hate reviewing movies. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into it. But uh, let's get so into it. This might be, I think this is probably your third movie review in 13 episodes, 14. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Um, <laughs> that, that main character, Neo, has been sort of awakened and realizes, uh, he, he begins realizing that uh, most, most of society, most people in society are kind of drones, like they... Uh, just go to work and th- you know they're just in this thoughtless mindless routine yeah uh for their entire lives but, but uh, he, just, he rips the snorkel off and now he's above water yeah exactly and seeing things from a totally different perspective yeah which i think is totally relevant to our society uh like it's man it's, it's gotten me on this wild goose chase this uh got me down this kind of rabbit hole where uh for, for some reason today, 
this morning I was scrolling through Reddit on my phone, just the Reddit front page. I saw this uh, somewhat intriguing video that was a link. It was linked to YouTube, uh, so I, I clicked on it. It was kind of funny, kind of silly, but then uh, it had no relation to the Matrix. But then, on the sidebar, the related videos, uh, there was there was one. It was basically something like uh, why you should escape the matrix or what, how to get out of the matrix stuff something like that and it was a it was if, a vlog if I, if I can say this does sound like something that would be in your recommended youtube video <laughs> based, <laughs> yeah, that's on, true. Your, based yeah. on your youtube history <laughs> but uh yeah it was just kind of a weird coincidence i think but then i watched that video and so now i've been following this this uh new youtuber who is an entrepreneur uh he sold a recently sold a company for upwards like well over a hundred million dollars he says uh, yeah true uh he, he's from from canada but uh anyway he he's saying all this stuff about how you don't need to uh like buy into uh what you're being taught by by society as a whole your whole life like uh I don't know. He, he's one of those guys that says uh, college isn't good for you. It doesn't doesn't really do much for you. You can uh, do a lot more without it. Um, basically, don't blindly follow the rules that everybody tells you. Uh, so he, this guy, uh, I don't know, maybe six months ago or some sometime, moved to Acapulco, Mexico, and so he lives there. Uh, Dude, he he lives there for like, I think total he spends like a hundred bucks a month on like a hundred or a hundred and fifty bucks a month total is what he spends. A hundred of that is rent and the rest is, I don't know, weird little random supplies, toilet paper and stuff. Uh, he, he has a garden where he grows all of his food and... Yeah, it's just super. It's it's just such an intriguing lifestyle because it's. I'm gonna I'm gonna need a link to this. Why is he making these videos if he's so happy? If he's if he's what content? You, if he's so happy and content. Uh, I'm not sure. Here, I'll link you up. I am. I get I get captivated by these videos. Uh, too. Have you? Okay. The 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 one. The guy who ran like ads for a solid few months on YouTube and like everybody that used YouTube saw this guy's ads. Two Lamborghinis or a Lamborghini in my garage, but I'm more proud of my bookshelf. Oh, uh, yeah. Books. That, guy, that yep. guy. I've watched so many of his videos. And from the, from the get-go, I'm like, oh, well, this guy's a fraud. And he's probably just running that Lamborghini. And uh, that's always in my mind. And that's always upheld in my mind is the truth but there's something so captivating about all all of these not just him but people like him giving this advice on youtube like amateur uh amateur tony robbins you know right kind of stuff that i just once i start watching it's it's like those pimple popping videos <laughs> where i know there there's usually no substance there for me to glean or you know it, it's it's kind of uh, wasting my time or just like reinforcing cliches, uh, but I just can't stop watching them, and so I, 
I'd be interested in this this Acapulco guy. Uh, absolutely, but uh, it, I don't know. There's there's something about it. Just what what if this guy is legit, and what if he's actually doing what he says he is? Yeah, uh, there's that, some, something about viewing life from that totally different angle. Like you're not really tied to uh, you're not you're not f- being forced to go to your day job all day every day and work at this office sitting down and just staring at this screen you can Being take a battery other routes for the, for the computers right as in the matrix uh yeah well so there's truth in cliche right and just hearing these things it's the same with like self-help books like sometimes you just need a chapter of like what other times in your life just seems like totally inane bullshit uh you, you just need to like reinforce some of the some of the simple cliches that you've heard you need to like explore them a little bit and once you do like you you come out renewed in some ways yeah that, that's what these videos more. yeah that's what these videos do sometimes but there's something so captivating about them this guy's also uh a self-proclaimed uh, what's the word uh i'm not sure if i'll say it right anarch <laughs> nope i didn't antichrist <laughs> Uh, he's an anarchist, but anarchical capitalist. So he mm-hmm. believes in anarchy and capitalism. Which, that that's kind of interesting. Uh, I think a lot of times when somebody brings up the, the idea of anarchy, uh, people start to kind of, like, tense up. Without yeah. without having it fully explained, um, but I, I think basically what the gist of it is is he doesn't really trust the the government and that system that's set set up. We're we're in the middle of a spider web right now, and there are so many little trails we can walk down. Yeah. Hmm. He doesn't trust the 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 power. Is he a is he a US, He's a Canadian. You said. Is that right? Uh, yeah, he's a Canadian. He's lived in the U.S. He's lived in Mexico. I think he lived in Asia for a while. Hmm. D- so do you subscribe to this uh, anarchist capitalist antichrist hyphen anarchist hyphen <laughs> capitalist view um, of his? Or is this, is this sort of like uh, attached to the uh, not having to live in the established ways that that most sheep will do. <laughs> I think it is kind of attached. Uh, I think the two viewpoints go hand in hand. Uh, not necessarily the capitalist part, but... Well, yeah, I think the capitalist part too, because you need to be sort of uh, entrepreneurial to pull something like this off. Um, as far as the uh, anarchist side goes... Man, that I don't know. I haven't uh, haven't looked into that far enough, deep enough yet. But um, I'm not sure. I think I think uh, well, the way it's set up now, at least in the U.S., uh, I don't think that that we that the U.S. people of the U.S. would be able to function without government. Uh, they rely mm-hmm. so so much on so heavily on the government. So. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just kind of a pie in the sky for 
for a lot of people. I don't think it's doable. Anarchist capitalism. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. It's just, I don't know, man. Again, I'm not oh. sure where to go with that, but it's uh, basically my main my main rule of thumb that I took from this is uh, is just just what I mentioned earlier. You don't have to follow exactly the work nine to five path. Yeah, like that. That's the action item. Uh, but get in, some, in, get some in side s- things going. In some ways, maybe this guy. Uh, describes himself that way because he sees this system and he sees uh, I don't know whatever society American society is is like working within a, a very hierarchical and bureaucratic way and that if you can just step outside of that system and kind of play the system a little bit or maybe that's why he doesn't trust politicians or the government is because he sees them as like free agents in this greater Hmm. Greater game of uh, the economy and and government, yeah. and so can you be an anarchist working within a, a system? I mean, anarchy is rejecting like a, a system or a top-down structure, right? But at the right. same time, what if you see that system and you and you can play that system or believe you can play that system to your own gain? Is that what he means by anarchist capitalist? Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I think what you say makes sense, but at the same time, it's not like he was working for the government. But he was a successful yeah. business owner, uh, so maybe so, he did. So he says. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll have to <laughs> do my own research on that, but so maybe he was able to play the capitalist game and. Uh, come out with a win I dig it and this all came about because you watched The Matrix yeah that's so. the reason why I clicked on that video oh. um, what else What else did you see that you didn't see the first time in The Matrix yeah um, so I mean the, I, I basically felt like this was my first time watching it because this is my first time really taking in any of the story or uh, or being able to even talk about the movie without just uh, closing my, my mouth and nodding my head <laughs> at whatever, <laughs> whatever uh, other people say about it. So uh, I thought the robot uprising was interesting. And that's, uh, man, that's, it's interesting cause, because we're, uh, we're kind of in the future right now. And we're on our way. <laughs> we're on our way into the future. <laughs> this but I, you know, it's uh, robots are becoming more and more prevalent. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah. it was interesting to see their take on it. The AI uprising. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it tells it in a very uh, tactful way, if I remember right. I'm I'm in the same boat with you, where I could probably benefit from watching it again. Um. But it, it, it just, I re, from what I remember, it seems like it's always going to be a relevant movie, right? It's, it's yeah. not going to, like, fall out of the times. And that's, it's going to remain potent for probably as, as long as we live. 
which will be hundreds of years. I, I think it will. Um, and it's just gorgeous. It's such a well-constructed movie. It, it looks like it could have been made today. Yeah, I, I did notice that the uh, spe- some of the special effects are a little dated already. Yeah. Uh, but that's the only little qualm, and there's nothing they could have done about that. Uh, man, it's it was just so impressive. I think I think just for the sake of continuity, I'll watch the second and third ones, just so that I get the whole story. Because man, I I see how people get sort of not obsessed with this movie but just love this movie yeah yeah if i remember right the 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 second two are just more of a continuation of like the mm, the story and not not the meaning sure i believe it they're they're kind of more action dramatic action movies not as affecting not as affecting oh my god there's that word not as affecting um Certainly not as affecting as any of the Lord of the Rings movies. I uh, still have yet to see any of those movies. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> <laughs> April Fools. Jeez, man, that. Oh wow. Have you ever read the books? Nope. Okay, I watched the movies before I read the books. I've only read the first book, actually. Um, I hear only... the books are so much better because you can like picture it just oh my so much. My imagination every, is so much better than a TV screen. Every every single time the book is better. You know, this is the one exception. I've, I've, I've only, again, read the first book, but um, I enjoyed the movie. The, the movie was a much more, like, meaningful experience to me because I was younger when I saw it. Uh, but reading the book alongside it, like, man, it filled so many holes for me. Like, I don't know, bridged so many gaps in my understanding um of the story oh god well so there there's some pretty radical things that happen if you just watch the movies like gandalf uh falls down this big uh this big 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 hole and Dude, you think I, he, I don't know who gandalf is i don't know who dildo daggins is i don't know <laughs> anything about this lord of the rings gandalf is a big wizard boy uh but he at one point in the first movie, he, he you think he dies, uh, but he, he's kind of like almost reborn in the second movie. But uh, having just read up on the Lord of the Rings lore, you, you come to understand that the demon that he fought and died supposedly fighting in the first movie um, it was kind of on his same level, and he's maybe reborn because wizards and, and the like are almost sort of like angels or sub-angels within the the Lord of the Rings universe. Reading the books made the movies more enjoyable. I see them as like supplemental material for watching the movies. I guess you need to watch them before we have a a big conversation about this because there are a lot of people upset who have just watched the movies about the eagles. I I can't go down this road. (laughs) (laughs) About the eagles in the movie and why they could just like drop the ring into the the fire at Mordor. Okay, <laughs> you you really do need to watch these though. They are this is uh, taken together. It's my it's my favorite movie experience. Lord of the would Rings you, trilogy. Would you call this affecting? 
Would you call it affecting yes. or just strictly entertaining? Affecting and so it, massively entertaining. Hmm. You will you will have it'll keep your uh, your focus the whole time, and you will uh, glean meaning from it. It's it's not like a it's not incredibly deep, but you know, like friendship and uh, mm, you just need to watch it. There, if I could offer one one thing uh, before you watch it, there's a character named Sam who is Frodo, the the main character who like has to take the ring and destroy it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam's his friend, and he he goes with him on this this whole long journey. And a lot of people th- think that Sam is the the main character, or could be considered like the kind of the the son of this solar system right everything okay not not everything revolves around him but if you if you watch the story play out from his kind of viewpoint maybe he's the hero of this story uh so kind of think about about frodo and sam as as co the co-centers of this story okay co co preg co protagonist protagonist <laughs> so uh do we know do we know when and where this story took place and what universe yes yes middle earth um god you i would uh do you have anything going on today do you have three hours i can find three hours (laughs) because i i guarantee if you watch the first one you will want to watch the second um second one do i need a massive vibrant tv for this no, no. Okay, so the the first one that I uh, I own the Lord of the Rings on VHS when I was little. Oh boy! How about that? Yeah, you bet. And I I, I think I watched it on something like a nineteen inch TV in my room for the first time. And it still gave you chills. Yeah, massive, massive. And so. It's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece of storytelling. It's a masterpiece of uh, cinematography. It's a masterpiece of world building within a movie. It's a masterpiece, man. It's so good. It's so well made. Oh my goodness. If if you just watch... So you're going to watch it several times. You're going to watch the trilogy several times. I guarantee it. Uh, And the first time you just want to watch it and absorb it absorb the story and the experience but upon i think this is probably like my fourth or fifth rewatching of it uh you really like realize how much they did um like how talented the 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 film staff was to get some of the shots that they got or like create the feeling that they got right you have something that seems like a huge giant battle with like thousands of people's running at each other and swinging, swinging swords and uh, I don't know, bows and arrows. But but they did this with like maybe a hundred people, right? Like there's only a hundred uh, actors right. out there. But just the way that they shoot it and the way that they line people up out in a field and have them running in certain ways, it just feels like a huge, huge experience. Man. I don't know what to what to say. I think I'm just gonna have to watch it. I think, I think you should watch it, and then uh, maybe that's what we talk about next week. 
if we do this next week. Um, do you know where I can find? Can I uh, can I find this streaming online anywhere? Netflix, Amazon Prime, or do I? <sighs> should you I go buy to, the Blu-ray? You might be able to find the first one on uh, on a streaming service, but I I've bought all of mine. I think on like Google Play, and so I can use them with my Chromecast. Oh, I love it. Because you can watch them within YouTube if you buy them on Google Play, if that makes sense. You don't say. Yeah, so uh, if you have a, a PlayStation Do. that has YouTube capabilities, Do. you should be able to buy The Digitally. Lord of the Rings TM and play it through your PlayStation with your um, YouTube application. What's the first one called? The Hobbit? The Fellowship of the Ring. The Fellowship of the Ring. And then you got the Two Towers and the Return of the King. You were going to enjoy this so much. Where, where's the Hobbit? Isn't that isn't that one too? Well, here's where you can, here's where here's the problem. Is that a prequel? It's a it's a prequel, and it, it follows different characters. Uh, Bilbo. I, I don't it's know. a world builder. It's a it's a builder, but uh, you, you don't need to watch them. They're fun to watch. They're fun movies, but you won't like. You'll gain a little bit uh, from them, but you, the Lord of the Rings trilogy stands on its own, right? The trilogy, the first trilogy, stands on its own. The Hobbit. There's a, I think there's three movies. I probably won't watch those ever again. I watched them once. Got it. It was just uh, it's like the Transformers of the Lord of the Rings universe. Just just very much pretty action fighting nice landscapes hd hd high definition high definition entertainment experience dolby digital max before the movie soundscape left right back front audio dolby digital sound sound color experience three dimension all i yeah the Hobbit's one that uh, I think I watched like the second, third in 3D. Just because I'm, I'm only there for the fun. In 3D? Yeah. Do you watch movies in 3D? Man, I haven't. I, uh, I, I've, seen, I've seen a couple movies in 3D, but uh, this, this little tiny town of Kearney, Nebraska has no 3D movie theaters. <laughs> or do- I, thought it, I thought it did. I've watched <laughs> movies in 3D. Oh, maybe I just maybe I just never go to movies, which I don't. Yeah, well, you should uh, definitely watch like a a fun action movie that you know. (sighs) Oh God, I watched Gravity in 3D and Carney, the movie Gravity. Have you seen that? Oh boy, that That was tremendous in 3D. How are they doing with that whole 3D technology? Are are, uh, movie production companies getting the hang of it? You know. It's just fun. It's fun. It is fun. It's just a lot of fun. And people don't realize that. that there are some people who get very upset about 3D movies. And I don't... It's just I, fun. Yeah. Well, I have, I have friends that, like, swear against them. And you see, like, plenty of articles, like, just ripping these things to shred. Uh, but it's fun. I saw... I think I saw Mad Max the first time in 3D. And it was fun. Never seen it. What the fuck? Go watch Mad Max only after you watch Lord of the Rings. It's a Mad Max is super good. 
Dude, are you I, kidding? You haven't watched Mad Max? Man, I never go to... The only movie theater I go to is that old-timey one downtown. Ooh, uh, yeah, very good one. Where they show, they show older movies. Like, I went to Monty Python... Uh, oh, man, what was it? My, uh, damn, what, what the heck is it called? Grail? No, not oh. Grail. I, I did see Life that one. Bri- uh, Life of Brian? No. Uh, something about like rules of life. What the heck is that called? Oh my god, <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking it up. Go see Mad Max. Fury Road. Go do it. At home, stay. I'm pretty sure Money. you can buy that on on Google Play. Did Mad you find Max? the name? Yeah. Fury Road. Mad Max Fury Road is a new one. Very there are multiple? Yeah, oh, yeah. The old Come ones on. with uh, M- Melvin Gibson of Patriot Lore. The Patriot, The Sixth Sense. Melvin Gibson. Yeah, I know Melvin. Yeah. God. Really good. Uh, but Fury Road is, is a fantastic, fantastic movie. Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. And the holy crap, life. did I laugh. <laughs> My goodness gracious. That was your last uh, movie experience? Yeah, that was like uh, maybe a, maybe three weeks ago, a month Woo. ago. Woo. Don't get me wrong, I'll watch a movie on Netflix every now and again. Or Amazon Prime like I did last night. But uh, as far as going to the movie theater, I really don't do that unless, unless yeah. that uh, world theater is playing something cool, which they yeah. do often. Yeah, they do. They do. They've got a special event coming up. Are you? It's like their five-year anniversary. That it is. Um, um, I haven't seen much about it. No. Okay. Okay. I will. I will. It's Good. cool because I live. I live uh, so close. Eventually, people are going to find my house. But uh, I live so close to downtown. I can just walk or ride my bike down there. It's well, perfect. Here's an exce- I think they're playing one of the movies. They're projecting it on the side of the building outside so oh my goodness just I like think they might up. have I think they might have done that uh, on Thursday oh shoot well then it just happened or maybe it's it happening tonight out. maybe tonight is, is the Anna, this is the big celebration here's a sad thing I wrote I wrote a little piece of copy for this grand event celebration I wrote like the special invitation really for it. I did but I can't tell you any details because I have a terrible memory. That's the you secret. You weren't concerned about the about knowing the information. You were concerned about communicating the information. Yeah, I create and communicate the information, but I do not retain it. That's pretty sad. No, it's acceptable. I think you're a uh, copywriter by nature. Yeah, yeah. Everything's got to be in one ear, briefly in the brain, and then out the other. The Great Gatsby is pl- being played tonight. There you go. They do some, just some nice work. They do. They do. God, I had a, I had a very important thing I was going to bring up, but now I can't remember what it was. Uh, you really need to watch Lord of the Rings. That's that's for sure. I would. Uh, you have to within the next week. And I, I'm so sorry about this, but I'm going to need a verbal promise that you will watch the first Lord of the Rings movie this week, <laughs> within a week. Um, you know what? I promise. I, do you really? I do. Here, I'm going to do it. 
I'm so serious about this that I'm I'm thinking about going on the Google Play Store and seeing if I can like buy it for you as a gift <laughs> so you feel like you have to. <laughs> well, but I, I don't know if that's possible, but it it will end up being one of your favorite movie experiences ever. It's such a great great story. Man, I'm still I'm in this weird hipster state of mind where I'm kind of there's there's a part of me that's like proud that I haven't seen that. It's it's fun to to, to say to people who are talking about Lord of the Rings. Oh, I've never seen that. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun for me. Because but, people like me are like, "What the <laughs> But I still have Harry Potter that I haven't seen, Mad Max that I haven't seen. Yeah. Uh, well, so let Harry sure, let Harry Potter be your thing. Let, let that be the one that you don't see. You need to watch Mad Max and you need to watch Loader. L O T R. L O T R. Yeah. Loader. Loader. Yeah. Um, does your hipsterdom uh, affect your taste in movies? Like, will you go to a movie and be hypercritical and like? Mm-hmm. Um, Will it ruin your enjoyment of movies? Or are you just saying that you're a hipster because you haven't watched some of the most popular uh, titles, and that you're you're instead w- eschewing the the popular uh, culture for movies like uh, Girlfriend's Day and <laughs> obscure Tim and Eric work? <laughs> yes, yes, it's that. Uh, okay. It, I, I at the same time I think in the back of my mind uh, I will be thinking. Oh, this is why it appeals to so many people. Like it's, uh, this is why it's considered a quote-unquote pop movie. Like it's a yeah. pop genre of movies. Yeah. Uh, the s- same reason I listen to the music I do. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, these aren't these weren't created just to make dollars and cents. They were created uh, because these books were incredibly well done, and. Uh, I think that word masterpiece uh, is probably an accurate way to describe it, the way I've heard it described before. Yeah. So the nice thing, I think kind of like The Matrix, is that uh, watching The Lord of the Rings, even though it was like a a giant piece of pop culture for a long time, probably still is, uh, is that it transcends like uh, just being a fun and entertaining movie. It, 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 and it like... It transcends you you being a snob or hipster about any sort of uh, I don't know about about watching. It's kind of like Beyonce, how Beyonce's the most popular thing ever, and rightfully so. And if you just listen to her music, it's you can't argue with it. Like you can't shoot it down just because it's popular. Sure. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. That's, it's almost that's like uh, Lord of the Rings. It's almost like uh, if you're a part of this society, then it's acceptable for you to see and appreciate this movie. Yeah. It's not a fidget spinner, okay? It's not a fad. And it's not something... Do you have a fidget spinner? Hell no. Me neither. But those, I, those things... Man, I, uh, when I first saw one, my uh, a coworker made one, 3D printed one for a, a fellow coworker. And when I first saw it, this was before I saw much about it online. I, I was thinking to myself, "There's a business opportunity here." Um, <laughs> so I started kind of looking into getting them manufactured from China and uh, and selling them. But I would have been one of hundreds of others. Oh, they're everywhere now. Um, they are. Gosh, we 
just went out to Washington State, and uh, we we traveled a, a pretty touristy area, the uh, public market, and oh yeah, the, uh, the piers in Seattle. And I swear, every single vendor or gift shop was selling fidget spinners. Oh man, every single one. It's like the new Beanie Babies. And Ugh. I, I, I held one for the first time. I picked one up because I was waiting in line, and there was just a huge bin of them, like a, a Seattle Mariners branded fidget spinner. And I did it, and it felt good. It, it felt did good feel my good. Hand. It felt good in my hand for a moment, and then I put it down, and I said, "That's enough for a lifetime. That'll last my <laughs> lifetime, and it will." I, I see how people uh, okay what, it's a I, manual it, smartphone it's something to do when you're not on your smartphone and you're in class maybe yeah but I, I don't know about you but in your work experience your professional working experience sitting at a desk or standing at a desk uh, do you ever fidget with things or I guess you're, you're normally probably uh, like typing the whole time uh well uh, i have this uh kind of bad habit of always having coffee and water and maybe a lacrue around so i will like every two minutes take a drink of something sure and so that's that's kind of my fidgeting is like i'll take a drink of coffee and then i'll be like oh i gotta rinse that off my teeth so then i take a sip of water and i'm like oh i haven't had gum for a while so then i'll grab a piece of gum and start chewing that yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, man, that flavor is too intense. I need a drink of water, and I'll take some water, <laughs> and then I'll crack that Lacroix. That's like that's. I would uh, I would be horrified. I'm sure to to if someone like put a a little camera up and monitored how many times I take a drink of something. Um, I think I'd be horrified, at, like how many dozens of times I do it before lunch every day. Hmm. Yeah. Well, what's what's your thing? I mean, my thing now is actually I do a similar thing with uh, with just taking sips of water or coffee. Yeah. Uh, but actually, lately my thing has been just grabbing a pen on my desk and toying around with that. Um, but at, at the the company I used to work for, uh, I was in Lincoln for a while. Uh, I would sit on a desk and I would be on on the phone with uh, with prospects. I was I was doing sales, so I'd be. Uh, talking on the phone basically all day during that time i had these things called balls they oh. are uh little tiny magnetic balls 